finances. But most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrasgutsche. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Asen Wasabin. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadet. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. What if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and yourself feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. Grand rising, everybody, and welcome to Self-Cell Care. And I am so excited because we have a returning guest this morning, Alexis Badenmeyer. Um, who is a lawyer with the um, Organic Consumers Association. And she um, has been there since 2005. She's the political director. And she has a network of more than 1 million activists. Um, and they're all committed to creating a healthier planet. Um, I'm actually gonna make sure that I don't miss anything because I've got her bio right in front of me. So give me a second here. 
So let's see what we got. So, you know, I read this last time. Actually, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to tell you that Alexis Baden has a commitment that's unwavering to provide, making sure that we have access to clean food. And um, just for that alone, I love her. Just for that alone. And um, I'm so grateful for the work that she does in, in this world, in this community to um, fight for our rights to clean food, for, for labeling, to protect the bees, to protect the beef so that we know what's going on, to make sure that, um, you know, um, big corporations aren't, you know, changing our DNA without our knowledge or our choice, right? Because we have a choice in the matter about what we want to do. So um, without further ado, if you want to see her full bio, go to the Organic Consumers Association. That's my version. So let's keep it real. Here we go. Let me bring on Alexis. Good morning. Hi, Jody. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me back. Oh, so happy to have you here. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, and it's funny. Um, all of a sudden, I was like looking around this morning. I'm like, uh, we're starting the show in a couple minutes. I mean, like, I need to be ready. <laughs> We're, we're all in our happy place over here and um, not paying attention to the details. So if I'm a little off center, I mean, <laughs> just rein me back in. Okay. So there you go. What does your shirt say? Can I see that? It says, give bees a chance. Yay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a Reiki master and so is my husband. And there was a bee um, they had sprayed where we were in Barrington. We used to live in Lake Barrington, Illinois, and they did a lot of spraying. There's this big, huge bumblebee, and you knew he was sick. So I went over there and just started doing Reiki on him. <laughs> was, he was so much happier when I was done. So Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people are scared of bees. And I, I can say that because I know that I used to be one of them. Um, mm hmm which when you put that vibration out in the universe they respond to that to that low vibration right okay. but bees so we're going to stick to we're going to start not stick we're going to start with the metaphysical so bees actually buzz at the frequency of love which is 528 i didn't know that that is amazing yeah 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 uh-huh 528 hertz that's what they that's what they buzz at and so it makes complete sense because they're creating our food supply they're the frequency of love what else would they be yeah yeah right it's like so cool and i've got um we've got hold on i guess we got people so good morning teddy teddy june's here we got chris um uh she goes happy dance yeah and um thank you chris but we're not really celebrating that today although i am kind of silly um oh what the heck okay i do have my crown okay so. what's your birthday it is my birthday happy birthday <laughs> you know i'm really kind of not um yeah, Andrew missed the party. He goes, he goes, good morning, Alexis. What does your shirt say? Let's go back to the shirt. Give bees a chance. 
right? Because they are the frequency of love. They do supply our food supply. Do you want to talk to talk to us, you know, about what the bees do, how we how would our food supply look if we didn't have them? What would it look like? Well, we wouldn't have most of the fruits and vegetables and nuts that we eat. Wow. And so they're very essential to the food supply for sure. So so tell me more. I mean, so if we keep on spraying these pesticides, not we as in you and I, but if people, yeah. right, keep mm -hmm. on spraying these pesticides and we don't have bees, what's the game plan? No bees, no food. But I think the game plan, as far as the corporations are concerned, is they figure they can always make synthetic food for us. And I think that that's actually a big part of what we're experiencing right now. I used to wonder like, gosh, don't the people who work at corporations know that they're destroying the food system and that if they kill all the bees, we won't have nutritious food to eat. And as it turns out, you know, all of the, the records from any regulatory investigation or lawsuit shows that the corporations always know the health harms of their products before their products enter the market. We, we think we live in a totally free market where, where things just happen by chance, but I think we live in a very controlled market. I think that corporations do a lot of pre-planning before they put a product out on the market. And it's very clear that Bayer knew that bees would be killed from their neonicotinoid insecticides. They knew that in 1991 before the products were approved in most countries and and they went forward anyway. Why do they do this? Is it like, are they blinded by profit or are we seeing a controlled demolition as Christian Westbrook of Ice Age Farmer likes to say, a controlled demolition of our food supply. And I've started to, you know, I've been doing this long enough that I don't have so many illusions anymore. And I believe that our corporate, the corporations are, are working on a transition away from natural food. And this is a long time coming. You know, we, you know, when, when our grandparents were kids, they, you know, milk was delivered by the milkman. The milk came very, it was very, very local. Even when I started working as um, an advocate and lobbyist for organic food back in 2005. Um, you know, one of the things that was very clear in Congress when we looked at the farm bill is most food is still very local and, and milk was one of those things. It's just a good example of how local our food supply was even, you know, a decade or so ago, 15 years ago, we, we had a localized food supply Milk was always produced within 250 miles, and and there were, you know, hundreds of thousands of processors uh, around the country servicing these local markets and and small milk companies, and and then you know just like happened a long time ago, they invented pasteurization and homogenization to to put out of business the ultra local milk producers who were 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 bringing raw milk, unprocessed milk to their customers each day, you know, in, in our grandparents' lifetimes, that became to be phased out. 
but it's it's even just in our lifetimes and, and recent decades that the local food supply, the local processed food supply <laughs> was phased out. So we've seen this like we're moving to a hyper globalized food supply. But I think the end game for the corporations that are in control right now, corporations like Monsanto, which merged with Bayer in 2018, the end game for them, they're, you know, they're chemical and genetic engineering companies. The end game for them is to replace natural food with 100% synthetic food. And we're beginning to see that with products like the Impossible Burger. The Impossible Burger, it's, it's meant to be this really cool replacement for meat. And we, we hate our factory farmed meat system. So we want to replace it with something cleaner, better, safer. And so they use that excuse to begin to synthesize a, a, a real food, meat. And, and they, it's, it's got ingredients in it that are 100% synthetic. They're made from bacteria, microorganisms that are genetically engineered, and they spit out a synthetic substance. Now, this is the manufacturing of the future. Small molecule production using bacteria as what the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency calls living foundries. That's their their new word, living foundries. What's a and living foundry then? Like cells what, what? producing proteins and perhaps you know, maybe they'll get more advanced and they'll produce, they call it small molecules. Maybe they'll get more advanced and they'll produce things that aren't proteins, things that aren't biological or synthesized biology. They'll be able, like when I told my son about this, he's 10. And I was talking with my husband and son, we're in, on a road trip, stuck in the car together. They, they end up, when I'm the driver, I get to decide what we listen to. <laughs> so we ended up hearing a lot about GMOs. And um, my my son said, oh, they want to make gold. (laughs) And I think that that's probably true. If they could figure out a way to get genetically engineered bacteria to to produce things beyond proteins, you know, they're they're looking at the low hanging fruit right now. They they're like, yes, the food supply is definitely something that we can use this new manufacturing process for the the medical world is someplace we can use this new manufacturing process for. And, and then the next step is to go beyond that. So fuels are, are a bridge, right? So they can create bio-based synthetic fuels belched out by algae or bacteria. And, and then, you know, okay, so Chris says the better question is, don't they care? Ultimately, they're hurting themselves too. These people are what you call transhumanists. They believe that by the end of their lifetimes, the people who are living now, they believe that their consciousness or what they consider consciousness, I don't think, Jody, I don't think you would agree that they understand what consciousness is. If they don't understand that a bee vibrates at the frequency of what we can only really call God, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's like they don't get consciousness. They don't have consciousness. They've suppressed it. They've blocked it out. You know, maybe they're tortured souls in some way, or maybe it's just, you know, being beaten out of all of us in this corporate controlled world. They don't understand consciousness and they don't believe in it. And so they don't know. They don't realize that they're hurting themselves because they have a concept of themselves that is apart from the natural world. They they believe in 
like the singularity, when machines and humans will interface and there will be no distinction. We will become, we are leaving the natural world, we are entering the machine world, and we will take our personalities and our consciousness, whatever that means to these corporate people like Elon Musk, for instance, um, you know, they think that they can take consciousness with us into a machine world because they don't understand what consciousness is. I have so many things to say. <laughs> Let's start. <clears throat> I don't even know where to start. Let's start with the synthetics. I want to go to the transhuman first, but we'll talk about the synthetics. So the synthetics get stored in your fat cells, which manifest as disease. So why does that happen? Because synthetics um, can't be processed by the human body because it doesn't recognize it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good point. So if... I, you know, I was having these aha moments um, as you were speaking. I don't know. I think my jaw hit my hit my um, my vajayjay or something down there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's number one. Number one, if you're eating synthetics, and I know my followers know this, um, so this is for the people who catch the replay. <laughs> So if you're eating a synthetic, your body doesn't know how to process it. It gets stored in your fat cells and manifests as disease and you become yep. symptomatic and you just start making excuses for why this is happening. But you yeah. know, you're like, oh, I don't really get it. And, and then what that is, is an easy in for corporations, if you will, we'll, we won't, we'll let you figure out which corporations those are to sell these little pills. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. To handle the disease that they manifested for you by selling you something that you, it's fake food. Yeah. Now, wow. So I'm, I'm looking at my notes and I'm going, okay, where am I going? So it, and, and, and the, like, this is crazy. Like I've always been focused on the, the drugs that I was forced to take. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I took them. I mean, it was my fault. I put them in my mouth, but, and I, and I've always, and I am very focused on the food supply, but I didn't see it as a, I didn't, I wasn't connecting the dots. I mean, I connected the dots between the food supply and your disease. Mm -hmm. I didn't connect the money supply, meaning if they can get to our food supply, they can feed the other parts of their corporations because these corporations have tentacles, like, you know, an optic, uh, an optic, an optic, what is it called? An octopus? <laughs> Otherwise known as whatever word was coming out of my mouth. Um, and so if they can if they can get us hooked on cheap easy food which is enticing to a lot of us cheap food it's not enticing to me anymore but if i if i'm enticed by cheap food and i eat this and then i get the disease then they can fuel the growth of these other companies that want to sell you pills 
and they have you hooked for life. Yeah. And, and God knows what's in those things. Well, we yeah. do too, but we won't discuss it. Um, the other thing you spoke about was the raw milk and that how mm -hmm. now milk is pasteurized and, um, um, so there's a company out here in Georgia and it's called ancient awakenings. Mm. They sell raw milk for dogs. Perfect. Yeah. Isn't that nice? That is nice. And you can just borrow a little from your dog. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh huh. And, and I'm, and what I, I gather and I, you, you realize my brain's frozen, right? Cause I, I'm just like, cause you were just like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and thank you. Right. Um, I'm, I'm flabbergasted because how did I, somehow I missed the revenue stream between the fake food and the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, it doesn't sound like you missed it at all. Well, I missed it up until a few minutes ago. I mean, I, I, I kind of got it. I mean, but I think I got it at a deeper level this morning. So thank you for that. And so if you guys aren't figuring this out, let me just spell it out. Yeah. It's, it's a vicious circle. Don't be moved by price tags. Don't be moved by it's not beef if you're vegan or vegetarian. If you don't want to eat beef, that's okay, right? But don't if you can't pronounce what's on the label, and if you, um, and if it's not made with real ingredients, walk away. Really, go get yourself a tomato, okay? <laughs> a real one, by the way, because mm -hmm. some of them are injected with wal, um, you know, uh, walnut uh, DNA. And then there's something else that I want to mention. So this is uh, according to Jody, but I'm fairly certain it's true. It's a download. I had it years ago. So when we're eating a synthetic, so again, this is a jo Jodyism. Here's here's our our brain, um, the two hemispheres of the brain, and so one has to speak to the other half, and uh, we're trying to send these signals, right? And let's say this is the signal. Well, when you have a synthetic, and we they've inserted different strands of DNA, what happens to that signal? It gets misaligned. So if you are speaking, public speaking, you do a pregnant pause on purpose, that's okay. When you're talking to your friend and you can't remember shit, the CRS disease, yeah. and you have this pause, mm -hmm. it may be common, but it's not normal. And that yeah. pause, in my opinion, again, just a Judaism, is that DNA strand that doesn't really belong to your human DNA that's interfering with the processing of your brain. Yeah, and it's possible that we are also poisoned by insecticides. And we know that insecticides kill bees by destroying their neurological system. Right. So, and, and there is a lot of, there's more evidence coming out now about the harms of neonicotinoids to the human brain. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot out there. Um, yeah, another one of the things that you mentioned about how the body doesn't, you know, when the body is assaulted with these synthetics, the body does not recognize them as food. They are not normal proteins that the body has been eating. And um, 
Robin O'Brien, she is a, a mom who worked in the financial sector. Do you know Robin O'Brien? I don't. I'm writing this down. Yeah, she's really good. So she's she she's a mom who was working in the financial sector? sector in New York City, Robin O'Brien. Okay. And she has a phenomenal TED Talk. And it it describes the day that she was quickly making breakfast for her kids before everyone was to set off to school and work. And she she gave, you know, the kids the normal thing, like egos, um, you know, flavored and colored yogurts. Um, Fruit Loops. Yeah, and, and eggs, and just like the normal things, milk, right. juice, you know, just the things that everybody eats every day. And one of her kids had a, a, um, an allergic reaction that the child might have died from. And it came out of the blue without warning. And it set her on a quest to figure out what the hell was happening with the food. Because, you know, even though these things were in hyper-processed, packaged forms, mm-hmm. it was pretty much what she had eaten as a kid, you know, right. waffles, eggs, yogurt, milk, juice. And and so she like, why does my child have a life-threatening allergy when when I didn't and nobody I knew had one when we were kids? And so she started researching how the food supply had changed. And she came up with a theory that has been validated since, which is that GMOs are introducing into the body proteins that are foreign to the body. The body sees them as foreign and reacts. And we have a number of ways that the body can react. One is through allergy. Another is through inflammation. And the other is the immune system gone haywire. And I guess allergy is a version of the immune system gone haywire. It is, yeah. But that can happen in ways that are low level and chronic rather than immediate and life-threatening. And so her, her theory was spot on. There's plenty of science to back that up. And, and you intuited that immediately that the, the body, you know, the body is wise. <laughs> the body has intelligence designed to keep the body alive. And when the body comes into contact with things that are not food, and yet it's going through the normal channels that food is supposed to go through, the body has reactions. And, you know, the body doesn't have, (laughs) we don't actually have the defenses against these GMOs and pesticides yet. And so we only have certain ways that our body can react, but it's supposed to inform our brain. (laughs) You know, it's like, figure it out. The, The body says, brain, figure this out. And, and go back to eating the things that didn't cause these allergies and autoimmune diseases and inflammation. So, so yeah, we have to, to partner with the life force to, to restore health and, and know when to, to say no. But, but like you're saying, you know, we don't have, we don't have perfect power to determine what we're exposed to. So we have to do um, a lot extra these days to protect our health. Totally. And to piggyback on what you were saying, so you said our body innately knows. Well, that's why we call it the innate, you know, nervous system, <laughs> right? The innate immune system. What that means, you know, I'm, I, I know we're all smart, but I just want to break it down anyway. Um, so innate means 
the body just like it's it's um built in as a uh is a known entity if you will to your body that's just my I, we could probably look up a definition for innate but it's it's a known entity basically <laughs> and it's um natural to your own body uh-huh. um and it functions um when it's fueled it functions well uh-huh. when it's fueled with the things that it needs like you know, the things that were killing dandelion, tomatoes, <laughs> walnuts. Um, and if you tried to drive your car and you put water in the engine versus gas, it wouldn't run. So the question you need to ask yourself out there, if you're listening, why are you putting something into your engine? Mm-hmm and expecting it to run, but it doesn't take diesel. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No synthetic fuels. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take that. And so you can't expect your body to do what it needs to do. If you're giving it what it, you know, if you're giving it something that's foreign, I mean, it's just simple. And if you don't understand your body, that's okay. Understand the car. The car is only going to run on the right gasoline. So if you can understand that, figure out what your body needs. And it's simple. It's grown in nature, right? Not in a Petri dish. So the other thing, and I'm thanking Zelda for this. So Zelda's our Monday morning host. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that, shall we? You want to expand the trans expand upon transhumanists? Go for it. Well, um, one of the interesting things about how corporations reacted to public knowledge of their pesticides killing bees, Monsanto went ahead and got a grant from the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency to develop a mechanical bee. Now, I think that some of these things are boondoggles. I think that some of these things are PR stunts. I'm a kid. I think that one of the things. I need to stop you. I'm sorry. Somebody funded? Yes, our federal government, our taxpayer dollars. Our taxpayer dollars. Our taxes, the money taken out of our paychecks, funded Monsanto to start working on little robot bees. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not 528. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get stung. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I think that honestly I don't I don't believe that they're that that's their real reaction that that they're going to replace the the billions of bees that it takes to to make our food each day, you know, that they're going to replace them with little robots. That's probably more, you know, it's the military funding funding it. That's probably more a, a surveillance technology, a weapons technology. You know, that they're not creating robot bees to to replace the pollinators that they killed with their pesticides. So that's kind of a farce and a distraction. But I think it is evidence of of their overall mindset. Their overall mindset is we are destroying the natural world 
because we are developing the technology to replace the natural world. And unluckily for us, the, the easiest, most economical and profitable place to replace the natural world is food. And, and that's where, where they're going with it. You know, that's where they're starting. We're, we are the guinea pigs. And that oh, yeah. is the first part of their transhumanist business model is to, you know, piece by piece, replace natural food with synthetic food and, and figure out ways to trick us to eat it. You know, the, I, it's so infuriating to me as an activist that all of the good causes I take on become the talking points of industry as they roll out the next crime, you know, their crime next against crime, humanity. their right. next heist. It's, it's, they're doing it because factory farms are so bad. I, you know, Organic Consumers Association for years has railed against the factory farm meat industry. And, and so Monsanto and Bayer and, and the rest, they're just like, well, oh, you don't like the factory farm meat that we've been producing? Because it's been, you know, it's been, it was the main um, industry to sell the GMO corn and soy to. But now most of the GMO corn goes to make ethanol. But that's yeah. because they've taken on another talking point of do-gooding activists like ourselves. And they say, oh, you don't like fossil fuels? You don't like climate change? Well, we've got a solution for you. How about we start taking the precious farmland that the, that the Native Americans stewarded for thousands of years and then that our, our um, westward expansion of the United States, um, you know, the creation of the United States meant invading the Great Plains where the buffaloes roamed and where the Native Americans managed those buffalo herds that created the finest topsoil on the planet ever known to man. Right, right. And, and that was all plowed up to, to produce cheap commodities. And then they had mountains of corn and they needed to figure out what to do with mountains of corn. And so, you know, their first bright idea was, well, cows eat grass and their stomachs are spe specifically designed to eat grass. You know, we can't eat grass but they can. And mm -hmm. it's kind of a brilliant invention that if we are in an area, humans anywhere on the planet, mm -hmm. if we're in an area where there, where we can't grow anything or there's nothing that we can forage, we can eat the animals that eat the plants there. That's what, you know, ruminants are amazing. And right. they've kept humans alive for millennia, you know, for all of, you know, probably forever. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, it's a brilliant invention, but we decided like, oh, we're, we're smarter than that. We'll get the cows to eat corn Which and we'll corn put them is in classified as a grass. Well, oh, well, it was Tiocente. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I, the, the origin of, of corn, well, actually the origin of corn. So these grasses, there were there were annual and perennial grasses yeah and the annual grasses that grew in floodplains i learned this recently from one of my favorite authors lear keith she's the author of the vegetarian myth but i i talked to her this past week about a new book and film called bright green lies and she tells this story in the film and and expands on it in the book and it's the story of agriculture because the story of agriculture 
is, is actually a story of the destruction of nature. And we, in, in the United States, we, we see this um, highlighted, you know, for us because we had, you know, the people who lived here before the European colonists, they had stewarded, you know, they, they could do agriculture. It wasn't like they didn't know agriculture. They, you know, they, they invented corn and the way that they invented corn is by taking annual grasses that show up in floodplains, like agriculture was started in places that flood because it is this huge release of nutrients onto the soil. And then what nature does is nature seeds those areas. Any area destroyed by flood or fire gets seeded with annual grasses. Yes, best book ever, the vegetarian myth, Lear Keith. And, um, and so human beings, we, we've modified our environment all along, but we used to do it in, you know, with nature, you know, not thinking that we're better than nature, but, but making ourselves partners with nature. And so human beings took annual grasses. I, I believe, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I, I know the grass that corn evolved from is Teosinte. Um, that's, I don't know if I'll be able to remember the name of the book. I think so it's called Tia 1491. It, wait, mm-hmm. wait. So it's Tia Sente. How do I spell that? I think it's T-I-A-C-E-N-T-E. Something like that. But you can just look it up. Like what, what corn was evolved by humans, cultivated by humans out of an annual grass. And Oh, got it. Okay. So, um, all right. I'm so pull it it out. Out. Oh, my no, memory so... is correct. I believe that comes from a book called 1491. And that book is about what, what the Americas, what we call the Americas was like before the European invaders. And they had complex agricultural systems and very big cities. And, and they, they had evolved um, agricultural crops like corn Teosinte. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's correct pronunciation, but we see the correct word T-E-O-S-I-N-T-E. Yeah. So, so this, this was evolved over 10,000 years from an annual grass into a crop, an annual crop. But even though the Native Americans. Yeah. It says about nine to, I don't know if that's showing up on the screen. Hold on. I got to flip. Yeah. 9,000 to 6,000 years ago, ancient peoples began to develop teosinte into a crop that more closely resembles what we now know as corn. So um, the United Nations has a very cool, um, I think it's the Food and Agriculture Organization. Um, They they have like these regions that developed these important crops, important to to civilization. And Mexico is the region that developed corn, obviously. We have um, a sister organization called Via Organica. And they have a campaign. It's based in Mexico. They have a campaign called No Corn, No Country. Um, I can't speak Spanish, so I'm going to mangle this, but Sin Maiz, Sin, sin Maiz, sin I think, something maiz. like this. Like, sin, so it's S-I-N without, so Sin, S-I-N, Maiz is how it's pronounced. I, so I used to speak you. fluently. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, so, in the third so, yeah so how we would so they say we wouldn't have a country without corn but what i was going to explain is that you know just because the native americans grew corn does not make it okay to go and plow the prairies 
right. to grow corn, right? So, so they, you know, the Native Americans, they had, you know, they had trading all over North America, Central America, South America. They, they had a very complex and, and global, you could say, um, culture and trading, but they, they knew where to do what <laughs> and like floodplains, like Mexico city was basically built on a lake because they, they had formed really interesting ways of doing agriculture in, in systems where natural waterways flowed, you know? So it's kind of like what happened in Egypt. I think people are more familiar with that story that the Egyptian civilization flourished around the Nile river and all of the agricultural fields were around the floodplains of the yeah. Chris is so brilliant. <laughs> she beat you to it. It's been up there. So it says, I read that mana was made from the soils of the Nile after floods. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a common story. Like that's, that's a story. I didn't know that it. Lear, no, I didn't know Lear it. Keith tells that story in Bright Green Lives. And, and yeah, so, so they understood where you do agriculture, where you do grazing animals. And so the buffalo was a major food source in the Great Plains. It built this incredible topsoil. And when the colonists came in, they they plowed it all up. Yeah. And and now we still are using the Great Plains for agriculture in a way that's totally nuts. And we're not even doing anything useful with it. Because we, you know, once we had mountains of corn, there's only so much high fructose corn syrup right. and corn chips <laughs> that humans could eat. Then we fed it to the the cows, which weren't meant to eat it. They were they were more like the buffalo. They'd rather they can basically only digest grass, and that's why we had massive outbreaks of of dangerous E. coli. E. coli wasn't dangerous until we started messing with the 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 stomachs of ruminant animals. Right, and because of the microbiome, we're putting all this funky bacteria in there. Right, that's dangerous. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So we humans invented, you know, the industrial agriculture system invented dangerous E. coli, E. coli that kills humans. That was invented in cows' stomachs when industrial agriculture decided that it would be that we had to do something with all of this corn that we made off of the Great Plains. And they looked for a market. They decided it was cows and feedlots, and and then. When, when that supply, when that market was exhausted, when there was so much corn that we, we couldn't even feed it to, to ruminant animals in feedlots, then they decided, okay, we're going to make fuel out of corn. And that gave us the ethanol industry. But it's all absolutely nuts. It doesn't make any sense. It's not to serve human needs. It's totally out of whack with the natural design of our living systems on this planet that give us life. And, and it's, it's completely crazy. So, so that's, you know, these are the, this is the mindset that's taken us this far. And the mindset of these people now is that we can just completely replace the food system with lab grown food. And, and that's why there is so much talk now about, you know, you wouldn't want to eat factory farmed meat. You, you better go ahead and eat your lab grown meat. And there's even, did you see, Jody? there's even a product called Soylent Green? No. Yeah, there's actually, if you guys, if you guys know about the movie Soylent Green, 
about a dystopic future where where the people are forced to eat something called Soylent Green. Soylent Green uh, food. I'm looking it yeah, up right now. Yeah, there's um, actually a company. It was a profiled in New Yorker magazine. Okay, hold on. So I don't okay, know if this is the right it. one. Yeah, um, so there's a company that was promoting this. I think it's, you know, nobody wanted to eat it. So it's off the market for now, I think. But this company was calling its product Soylent Green. And it was it was foisting on us this absurd idea that food should be recreational. Recreational? We should only, recreational. We should only eat real food when we're going out to dinner with friends or celebrating a holiday like Thanksgiving. And on the day-to-day, -day, we shouldn't waste our time preparing and eating real food. We should just take this nutritional supplement called Soylent Green, which is a perfect, you know, they advertise it as a perfect balance of all the protein, fat, and and carbs and nutrients that you need. Well, I don't think, is this it? This doesn't seem no. like it's it, because this no, looks like for animals, you know, for one. It was kind of a blip, but this, it was it was a real company. It was a real product that they actually marketed as Soylent Green, mm -hmm. and it was profiled in big magazines like The New Yorker. And it was just, they were just floating these ideas, like what's gonna stick? Are people gonna start eating our synthetic food because they're scared of climate change? Are people gonna start eating our synthetic food because they hate animal cruelty? Or maybe we can convince them that it's a lifestyle choice, that, that they should start eating our synthetic food because you don't have time to cook. Food should be seen as, as a, a recreation or a luxury item or something. A you know, luxury just, item, like your car. Yeah, I mean, that's being floated. Is this I watched it? this silly thing on Amazon that was called um, Upload. Is I don't it, know. If, wait, is this it by chance? Yes. Okay. Yes, no, this is it. Okay, so it's still, it's still going. Yeah, packed with 20 grams of protein and 28 vitamins and minerals. Yeah, so this is, yeah. Yeah, it's, and they're marketing here's it now as a nutrition drink. Yeah, but so they read the New Yorker profile of the people who came up with this. They really are saying like, food shouldn't be something that you eat regularly. You should regularly eat these synthetic uh, replacements for food. I mean, it's kind of like the Jetsons, right? The right. <laughs> We've been fed these stories for a really long time. Like we're we're going to grow out of of this natural era where things are real and real people make real things. We're we're just going to go into the future. Well, here's what I mean. We have to go to commercial real quick. We um, but <laughs> let's come back because I want people to understand about their labeling relative to that. So let's yeah. um, let's run a couple commercials real quick, and and then we'll we'll address that because they're looking at keywords like protein and you know vegan and or whatever, and there's not really always truth in advertising, is there? Yeah. Okay. Give it a minute. The Female Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speaks. Tuesdays, Self-Sell Care with Jody Susan. 
Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Wellbeing with Beata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. Okay, I got one more here. Welcome to Quick Click, where customers can buy, share, and earn. Meet Sam. Sam owns an e-commerce business that sells athletic shoes and running gear. Sam wants to increase her sales without increasing marketing spend. So she decides to list her products on QuickClick. On QuickClick, her loyal customers can get paid for sharing her products with their friends. Sam uploads her products to the marketplace, just like she would on Amazon or Shopify. Meet Laura. Laura is in the market for a new pair of shoes and comes across Sam's brand on the QuickClick marketplace. Laura is able to purchase the shoes and check out like she would on any other e-commerce site. After purchasing, Laura receives a unique quick link that she can share with friends to begin earning quick cash. Her friend Jessica opens Laura's quick link on her phone and purchases the pair of shoes. Because Jessica purchases using Laura's quick link, Laura receives quick cash in her account. After purchasing, Jessica can now share her own QuickLink and begin earning quick cash as well. But QuickClick is more than just your typical referral or affiliate platform. QuickClick rewards customers for sales they directly and indirectly influence. So, for every sale Jessica's new QuickLink makes, Laura will earn additional quick cash as well, making the potential for earning exponential. Laura and Jessica can transfer their quick cash balance to their bank account at any time or can even use quick cash to make additional purchases in the app. Meanwhile, Sam can just watch as the sales roll in. Best of all, she doesn't have to worry about costs since she is only spending marketing dollars when actual purchases are made. Start buying, sharing, and earning today at quickclick.com. And then the last one, actually. Maybe it's not going. There it is. Find out. Hi, I'm Jody Susan with Susan Essentials. I started Susan Essentials in 2015 because of a personal health journey. I was over medicated and put on 19 different medications. And yes, I reversed all my chronic diseases using plant and energy based healing. It was amazing. At Tucson Essentials, we support both consumers and businesses, and we do that with helping your employees or yourself with a food as medicine mindset. How Tucson Essentials supports businesses and consumers is we teach people about a food as medicine mindset. So we support people on how to support their own immune system, how to support their brain health how to support their emotional well-being. And we do that all with plant and an energy-based healing. Okay, wow. I just had like an insight. So that commercial that I did about how I reversed 
all these diseases using plant and plant and energy based healing. I go, and it was amazing. Really? Because that's just how it works. <laughs> so that you mean think about the programming that we have. Mm, right. Yeah, but, that health is like, wow, that's amazing. As opposed to, yeah, like, okay, everything's yeah. normal. You should be healthy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are so programmed. And that's why I really talk a lot on the show, um, on other shows. Uh, we talk about shifting your mindset. Yeah. Because if we can shift your mindset about what food is, how you reclaim your health, um, the rest is easy. And you yeah. know, I did it on almost a nanosecond, meaning I watched this movie called That Sugar Film. And you know that film? No. Oh, it's great. It's part of my functional food program. So when people sign up for my functional food program, they get that movie. It's the it's actually they watch it first because it sets this the the foundation for what people need to know about their food supply mm -hmm. or their box food supply. <laughs> Think Franken foods. And yeah. there's a man who is really the epitome of health. And then he uses his body as an experiment. Um, there are, it's, it's uh, you know, doctor managed during this process, taking his blood levels, you know, all different types of testing. Um, and he takes a perfectly healthy body, converts it to the standard American diet, mm -hmm. and, you know, gets sick and diseased. And yeah. he's showing us how even healthy looking food like yogurt is yeah. laden and infused with so much sugar mm -hmm. um, and you know we talk about how it lights up the brain like a pinball machine right because it lights yeah. up eight pleasure centers of the brain and cocaine mm -hmm. is lighting up one right and so yeah. i watched that movie um and I'm like 235 pounds at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And I can barely get off my couch because I'm, I mean, keep in mind, I mean, I know you don't know my story intimately, but for those that do, <laughs> I had been taking medications, 19 different pills for nearly two decades. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my body was like, yeah, we're done now. So to get off the couch, was a whole big thing but after i watched that movie i did get off the couch and i walked to my cupboards and there's a there's a um i have the story published on linkedin and i i should check to see if it's on my blog if it's not i'll convert it over but so i go to the 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 kitchen and i go to my pantry and anything that had sugar in it added sugars came out mm -hmm. and i either returned it to the store to vote with my dollars if it was halfway full or full, um, or I donated it, which I really felt icky about doing, quite frankly, and then um, or I threw away, mm -hmm. and um, and I didn't, and I was on disability, so I didn't know where my next dollar was coming from, but mm -hmm. I didn't really care because I knew I wasn't eating that. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was it. I knew I wasn't eating it, and I just didn't care. 
Um, and it, it, I pivoted and that movie helped me to pivot on my lifestyle. And this, when I was still having issues after just buying whole foods, then I went completely organic, probably within 45 days after that Mm. movie. And, um, again, I'm on disability. Right. And so that's why I don't really stand for excuses Uh because I also changed out my water supply during that Uh time. And this is the other thing. And I know we're not necessarily talking about, we're talking about, you know, labeling these beef. Right. But I mean, you, I, I feel like you can't not talk about the water supply because, um, first of all, forgive me, Brita doesn't cut it. It takes out four, um, four toxins from your water supply. And the water filtration systems that we sell, that I found when I was disabled, takes out over 220 contaminants. And it's not just from your tap water, like you can get one just for the tap, or you can get something that sits on the counter, it's a big thing, um, it's pro one. But your shower, and no one's thinking about the shower. I'm like, how are you not? You're, so 17 gallons of water is sprayed on your body for a 10 minute shower. Like really people, that's so, and if you haven't connected the dots yet, so you're taking a shower with the, with the municipality, you know, the water in the municipality. If you go to the EWG.org, right? Mm-hmm. You plug in your zip code and they'll tell you the contaminants that are in your water. But let's pretend like you don't have a computer and you're not going to take the time to do this. You know that your neighbors are on medications and maybe you are too. But all the other, all the medications that people are taking are being peed into that water supply and they're coming back to you <laughs> in the form of your shower. So you're being medicated against your consent. And that's what's happening with our food supply too. We're being medicated against our consent. When you consider the fact that food is your medicine mm-hmm. and you're putting stuff into the beef and you're put your you're making um, robotic bees, or you're putting, um, you know, you're you're um, modifying the corn, and you're modifying this fruit and vegetable and what have you. It's technically because it's a synthetic. It's a medication, which now means when you're eating food, you're being medicated against your consent. Yeah, rant over. <laughs> but it really pissed me off. Oh yeah. So it looks like we have a lot of comments. So, um, it's cause, so Chris is saying, I, I just to see if we can get this tied in. So she's saying the corn fattens those cows up. Oh yeah. So this week I had the great pleasure of interviewing um, the folks behind Big Picture Beef in the Northeast, really? Rich Shen and Lynn Pledger. They have a new book out. It's called Grass-Fed Beef for a Post-Pandemic World. And they got into that. They, you know, they are expert grazers and, and they can explain how to fatten up a cow. And it is amazing. Like when you well, I mean, especially in the Northeast, the Northeast has fantastic 
grasslands for for pasturing animals. And I guess, you know, because they've had a lot of, you know, grass-fed animals there for a long time. So that's, you know, that was sort of the colonists sort of doing a good, an okay job of stewarding the land. Um, I don't know what to say about that, but, but they do know how to manage pastures. And what you do is you, you get the cows in a tight herd, like you would see in the buffalo herds, you know, you, you, you put them together in a tight herd and then you move them to fresh pasture. And if you're in the fattening phase, if you're fattening the cows up, you move them to fresh pasture more than once a day. So it can be oh. even twice a day. You you move them to fresh pasture and you make sure that they get the nutrient-dense tops of the grasses. And Got it. I get yeah, that so because the so nutrients can in the get top. Quicker, quicker with this grass-fed method than they, they do on corn. Where you are can we finding hold that your, animal quicker. Hold hmm? on. I don't mean to interrupt, but where are we finding your 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 podcast okay so my interview with ridge shin and lich pledger is at regeneration international so organic consumers association in 2014 we helped create an international organization regeneration international regeneration and every international. world food day october 16th so this was just sunday night october 16th we we did this 24-hour um broadcast on regenerative organic agriculture from around the world. So I hosted um, the US portion of this. And so I had a few hours in this 24 hour program and that's where you can find our interviews. So if you go to regenerationinternational.org and find the People's Food Summit. Okay, I think that's I where got it, it. Give me one sec here. And it, it broadcasted live on, on Facebook on October 16th. But we will be breaking these interviews up into individual segments. And so you'll be able to find that on Regeneration International's YouTube channel. You'll be able to find it on Regeneration International's social media. And we will be sending this out to our U.S. supporters through Organic Consumers Association. So there will be a link in our newsletter on Thursday. We send out Organic Bites each week, a really good source of information edited by Ronnie Cummins the International Director of Organic Consumers Association, who founded Regeneration International with partners in 2014. So great source of information every Thursday via email. Um, a lot of these topics these days get censored. So if you want an uncensored source of information, you have to get it direct from organizations like ours these days. So yeah, Regeneration International and um, is this our homepage or, or our about page? I think if you go to the homepage, you'll see um, a link to the People's Food Summit okay, where you can get all of these great conversations. I learned so much this week, but that's just one little item that... that Is this right? If you're doing, yep, the People's Food Summit, 2022 People's Food Summit. So There's a button that says tune in here. Yep, I'm putting the link down here in the post. Thank you. Yeah, so everything's recorded and available and and we'll have it broken up into individual segments soon. Yeah, and so um and talking about censorship um and I'm not upset. I'm actually kind of happy it was a badge of honor. Our show got, you know, taken down by YouTube. 
although um, I have an energetic template on YouTube now, and I had one on Facebook, so our show's still up there. But I did upload it to Rumble. So in order for me to live stream to Rumble, I think um, I need, I don't know, maybe 100 you know, people, they've got other things to do than, you know, make sure that they're subscribing to my channel, but, 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 but do, because it's important because if we can, um, get you to subscribe to rumble, which I just put the, uh, the, um, link in the thread, then we can, you know, speak more truth because we cannot live stream to YouTube. Um, so let me just, let me just put this on here so you can see what you're looking for. Um, here we go. So, and then this is the show that we did last month on uh, Real Farms, Not Fake Food. And so now that's available on Rumble and everything that's on YouTube now automatically goes to Rumble. So you can Great. see everything that we have there. Um, and then, um, and Naima has a comment here. So let me just, I'm going to remove that. It's so hard to see the, the size is um, small this morning and I don't want to mess. Oh, there we go. No, I'm making us smaller. That's beautiful. <laughs> I can't, now I really can't see. Uh, let me just. Um, I can read it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, because I just. Yeah, so Naima says, Naima says, somebody who created that has a real sick sense of humor. Everybody remembers that the, at the end of the movie Soylent Green, it was discovered that it was ground up human meat. So yeah, just a metaphor for, you know, the way corporations treat wow. humans. Like basically, I don't know, maybe you could say that everything we buy through the global industrial system is essentially we are eating our own because we, you know, the global supply chains are are literally murdering people. You know, we we have, you know, think of like blood diamonds as as an example of of what's really happening where you have, you know, gangs and cartels protecting a corporate supply chain at all costs by by, you know, you know, they what they we have a factory farm system for human beings in most workplaces where human life isn't really valued and so the corporations don't care if people die mining or manufacturing their goods and the corporations don't care if people die because of the waste stream created by these manufacturing processes because of all the pollution. So I think Soylent Green, you know, in its time, I guess I believe that movie came out <clears throat> in the 1970s, but I think it was a, a metaphor for our industrial corporate global supply chain that just doesn't care at all about human life and and is is basically like you know you're basically consuming the deaths of other humans every time you consume something from the global supply chain yeah so you you know um and i don't think it's perfect but i think it's better than you know i think it's nice to have as a backup we do hydroponic um uh, we, we grow our food hydroponically here in the house. Okay. Um, I prefer to grow my food in soil and, and, you know, at least if I grow it hydroponically, I have a way to make sure that I have access to clean food, you know? 
Yeah, we've come out very strongly as an organization against hydroponics inorganic. Um, it's been allowed now, and and most of the berries and greens and um, a lot of the vegetables now, it's more convenient for the corporate companies, companies like Driscoll Farms. Um, yeah, there are a bunch of companies that are taking their production to soilless production for fruits and vegetables. So I don't think and, it's a good idea. I think it's a good, like for me to grow it as my, in my tower garden, it's a great backup. So I have lettuce if there's nothing at the store and we have a, but talk to me and, and you're not going to offend me. So talk, talk to me about um, the impact of not using soil because it's where all of our minerals. And I will tell you that I, I put mm -hmm. a lot of minerals in the water. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, uh, a lot of minerals in the water. I put, actually, I put a lot of stuff in the water other than just water, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, on, on an industrial scale, it, it really doesn't make any sense. Um, but a lot of our, our manufacturing systems don't make much sense. We, we, I mean, imagine like if you have soil, but decide to grow something indoors, you have to, to use all of those inputs all the inputs do come from someplace like for instance i think maybe people can understand this one and they might know about already peat as an as an ingredient for soil yeah you know you, you buy peat moss to you know put in your soil for your house plants or your garden and and that's mined and and so they take a peat bog and they they dredge it they take all the peat out they put it in a bag and they sell it to you. Right. And so all of those inputs come from somewhere else. And it's it's not a sustainable circle of life, right? It's it's a very destructive supply chain. So it doesn't really make sense to to do that sort of thing. It's like it makes a lot more sense to take a piece of land that's already in agriculture and build the healthy soil there through regenerative organic methods. And it's not you know, I, I talked to another farmer this week. I had this awesome conversation with nutritionist Sarah Keough and farmer Gail Fuller. And they they present together in Kansas at the Fuller Film the Fuller Field School. Okay. So they have a lot of experience presenting. They were great, great guests to have on during World Food Day. But one of the things that that Gail is famous for saying is that organic is not a soil building system on its own. You know, USDA certified organic is not necessarily a, a healthy soil building program because if an organic farmer just uses input substitution, so instead of chemical fertilizers, I'll use natural fertilizers. Instead of, um, you know, bad pesticides, I'll use good pesticides. So a lot of farmers just use input substitution and tillage, plowing up the soil as their farming method, but it's called USDA organic because it doesn't have any of the bad chemicals, but it doesn't mean you're building soil health. So, so a lot of these things, you know, they're, if yeah. you're really building soil health and, and building soil that can provide all of the nutrition that you need in a plant, without relying on input substitution, without relying on mining it somewhere else and importing it into your system. It's a very complex system that requires, you know, many different regenerative organic management techniques. And 
what I've learned recently, having been a recovering vegetarian, someone who was a vegetarian for 30 years. Wow. <laughs> through age 16 to age 46. Um, it, you know, I've realized that I was told this and I didn't understand it, but the the old timers who, who tried to educate me, they said, you can't have a sustainable agriculture system without animals. And I, my vegetarian mind said, pshaw, I don't believe that. But it's true because if, unless you're going to mine nutrients from, from all over the world and bring it to your organic farm, you need to have a system of building nutrients in the soil. And the fastest way to do that is with ruminant animals. And, and most farmers who do the, the deep regenerative organic farming where they don't rely on input substitution, they're not buying their fertility off of the farm. They are using animals to build that fertility because it is essential to, to building healthy soil because it does it rapidly. It's so amazing what you hear from farmers like Ridge Shin and Lynn Pledger, the ones who wrote the, the recent grass-fed book that I was just talking about. Yeah. I mean, their stories of rapid soil carbon and soil minerals and soil health, like everything you can build in living soil where you don't need to bring anything onto the farm. You can do it fast and, and well. And it, you know, cause you, all of a sudden you're imitating the prairie, you're imitating the buffalo, you're, you're imitating these natural systems. You're, we don't want to in, imitate the floodplain or the, right. you know, the way that a forest will restore itself after a fire. That's that's what our agriculture system imitates. We imitate the the destruction of an ecosystem and the rebuilding of it through things coming from outside. That's not what we want to imitate. We want to imitate a perpetual system that is constantly increasing life in, within the system. Yeah, self-sustaining. You know, we take all of our um, our seeds, like say, like we're let's say for. Um, we have bell peppers or we, you know, we have an apple core or whatever we, and we, we have a forest out. We live in an apartment right now, which is why we can't grow in soil, mm -hmm. but we take all of those scraps and we take them to the forest. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's so, a good idea. Yeah. Well, because why not? I mean, they need yeah. the eggshells they need, you know, um, we need that. And so we take it to different parts of the forest and we, we scatter it. We don't like make a pile. Right. So um, to uh, to give the animals and the and the forest a fighting chance, um, I hope we're doing the right thing by doing that. Um, and so what is your help me understand, like for someone like me who wants to grow some basil or, um, you know, like that hydroponically, like with an arrow garden or a tower garden, tell me you're honest. I, I, you don't need to sugarcoat it with me. I mean, like you're not going to offend me. I <laughs> well, I don't know. think it's, it's harmful on a small scale and I'm not, I'm not talking about this stuff to, to, um, shame somebody who I does know you're not. gardening. I'm, I'm talking about this on a corporate scale. Okay. On a corporate scale, it doesn't make any sense. And I can't believe that the, well, I can believe, because I do think, you know, what I've come to believe is that the National Organic Program at the U.S. Department of Agriculture is not, does not have the environment or farmers, independent, small-scale family farmers at heart. 
that's not what they're well, operating and that's, for. Yeah, and that's really the issue. So our church, uh, Unity, um, Unity North in Atlanta, we have an organic uh, farm there. And so um, a little bit about why I don't know all this, the farming aspect, so you're teaching me, is um, that I was allergic to everything in, mm-hmm. in nature. Um, and really, I think I was more, well, I was allergic to the fruits and vegetables. So when I lost the weight, I ate all beef, like okay. all, yep. all meats, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, There was probably a small handful of fruits and vegetables that I was allowed to eat. Um, And so then I had to reverse all those food sensitivities, which Mm -hmm. I now do for people. Like I I can do that for people. I show them how to do it and we do it in an hour um, using Mm. sound frequency and Tesla technology. And, um, and, but so since, you know, it's been this evolution. First, I learned about all the nutrition and everything. And so now once we get a house, because we couldn't find one in Georgia, my next phase or through the church is to learn how to farm Mm because I don't know how. Like I couldn't get my hands in there without having a reaction. But it was the reaction wasn't, well, at some point it was to some of the fruits and vegetables, but mostly it was to the glyphosate right Mm -hmm. it was to all the toxins that we were being that were being sprayed on our our fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. so if you have children and they're reactive um to things you really need to say are they reactive to the strawberry or the tomato or they reactive to the stuff that was sprayed on that yeah have you seen the film secret ingredients made by Jeffrey Smith and the Institute for Responsible Technology. It's such a good movie, Secret Ingredients. And um, it it tells this story that you're talking about. And all these these moms and families who dealt with the different health issues that their kids had, and each one of them slowly came to the conclusion that that the, the allergies were reversible. Um, Zen Honeycutt of Moms Across America, she reversed her kids' food allergies. She's featured in the in the movie Secret Ingredients. And but there are lots of stories like this. And we, yeah, because the medical system is so ready to make a profit off of our problems, they're not giving us the full solution. But but a lot of moms, especially the the ones who do research into nutrition and health. They figure it out. It's it's kind of I mean I'm kind of amazed by it. I really feel like it's it's just you know human beings. It gives it restores my faith in human beings. Like that these moms were so tenacious and so intelligent that they were able to to you know listen to their doctors to a certain extent, but say I think that there's more to this story. I'm going to research the science myself. I'm going to take more drastic measures to to make sure my kids aren't exposed to, to these toxins. And there were amazing results. It's just beautiful how well, you know, you're obviously you're a good example, Jody. Um, but you're, you're not like an outlier, like bodies heal themselves when given. Right. So going back to the commercial, Oh, it was amazing. It's mm-hmm. really not. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we have a caller. So, and we have Chris here. She says, it's quite interesting. The earth has been doing this all um, alone since the beginning of time. Man comes along and somehow thinks he knows better. 
side. Of course, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I was um, raised Jewish. I'm Christian now, but I was raised Jewish, and what we call that is that's Meshugana, which is crazy. So yeah. <laughs> um, so we have a caller. The first six numbers are three one two six seven one. Um, so we have Alexis Baden Meyer here from the Organic Consumers Association. And so if you have a question for her, um, this is not, I'm just going to say this because we've had this happen before. This is not an opportunity for you to uh, do your commercial. <laughs> uh, but if you have a question um, for Alexis or for myself, um, we are eager to hear what you have to say. All right. So let me just bring you on. Let's see here. And welcome to the show. Yes. And We're on your Shalom. And what's uh, your Minister name? Minister Plump. Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Minister. And I, uh, yes, I'm enjoying the conversation. It is very, very uh, educational as well as uh, uh, it is really fantastic because I have discovered our wealth, uh, our health rubber is really our wealth. And I uh, see that you all are uh, uh, really uh, anti-corporation. And uh, Jody, I really want to uh, 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 learn more because I consider myself a 76 young uh, student uh, for life and uh, learning uh, so I can learn better and know better about even my health. And I commend you and the congratulations on the fact that you are taking or you, you got rid of all them pills. And that's just keeping it real for me. I need to get rid of all my pills. In a 24-hour period, I'm taking at least 15 different pills. But they all, to me, is, um, you know, has some type of side effect. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, fruits and vegetables, I know, is better for us. Uh, not only uh, fruits and vegetables, but uh, organic foods. And my question is, uh, have you ever heard of the terminology of not even eating food, but drinking food? And uh, that's a question. And then, too, uh, I wanted to, uh, uh, you know, res uh, respond to uh, the answer. Have you ever heard of uh, anyone saying it's better to drink food than to uh, eat food? And then uh, also, you know, I've found out that corn is not good for the human body to eat. Uh, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. And, uh, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, they, they, they feed the uh, pigs uh, corn and they feed uh, the cows corn, you know. And, and that's not good even for uh, animals. Uh, that's what I learned about, you know, my health. So what do you think about that, Jody? And your guests, I'm just happy that, uh, you know, uh, we are discussing uh, our health. Uh, Minister Robert Floyd from Chicago, Illinois. Thank you. So and Grand um, rising to you both, too. Minister Plump, so first of all, thank you so much for listening in and uh, responding so intelligently. And the fact that you, how old are you? 67 or 76, you said 76, right? I'm 70, 76. I got a birthday coming up uh, on uh, November 18th. I'd like to invite the Female Solution to be my host. <laughs> well, first of all, yeah. you know, happy I just got birthday. A location. Yeah, happy birthday. And um, awesome that you are a lifelong learner. 
to me, that's just tremendous and speaks volumes to who you are as a, as a person. Um, Alexis, do you want to address the drinking food thing? Um, or I think that's outside of my expertise. Um, but I think that it has been, um, you know, for people who find it, I mean, I don't know. I, I just eat salads personally. I like to put lots of different stuff on salads. I love eating beets. I like to just cook beets on the stove in a, in a chicken or a beef broth and eat the beets. You know, you just boil them. Boil really? the beets in broth. We just brought home them. six of them yesterday. And yeah, we just brought home six beets yesterday. Yeah, that's, it is so delicious. The easiest, most delicious way to eat beets is to boil them in broth. And, okay. and if you do it on a low boil and just let them sit, like the beets will just absorb all the broth and then they're so delicious. So, so, but a lot of people don't, I mean, and I guess, you know, I don't eat a lot of raw vegetables, so maybe I would benefit from juicing, but I think that that's what the caller's, um, question is getting to is like, well, how about juicing as a way to eat a lot of raw vegetables and or eat a lot of vegetables, period. And I don't see any problem with that. I think it's a great idea. Um, if you if you like juicing and you have a juicer and you want to juice carrots and beets and broccoli and kale and chard and all of these vegetables that you wouldn't really enjoy eating otherwise, and then add something sweet like an apple to it to make it more delicious. Like I love anything, any juice that has apple, lemon, and ginger. Oh, right? it's all anti-inflammatory and it's so yeah. good for your gut biome all day long. Right. Matter of fact, there, the place that I told you about earlier, Ancient Awakenings in Woodstock, Georgia, they have a fire cider made with apple yeah, cider. Fire cider. Yeah, fire yeah. cider. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So take some vegetables that you don't like or don't like eating raw juice them along with apple, lemon, and ginger, and maybe even put in some herbs, something like turmeric, although turmeric you're supposed to have with some fats. So, you know, not everything is, you're, you're not going to, I don't know. It's really specific. You can add a little coconut oil, like a dab of it, if you need to add the fat. Um, so well, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I, I do put coconut oil in my smoothies. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So yeah, so juicing is just a way to get to eat more vegetables than you would normally. But if you like eating salads and you like eating vegetables, then just eat your salads and your vegetables, you know, or or juice the ones you don't like and put in the apple and lemon and ginger to make it taste good. So I have um, a yes and and a question. So like there's some there's this one company that provides a super green. It's got two pounds of vegetables in a little powder and it's all organic, you know, mm -hmm. responsibly produced. Mm -hmm. um, and how do you feel about that? If you mix it with, you know, water and um, like I put in a nut milk, I put in um, a, a fibrous, you know, mm -hmm. fruit. Um, are you on board with a powder like that or not on board? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Um, one of my cousin is a Chinese medicine practitioner course, and she she's like the doctor for our family, right? She's mm -hmm. always telling, you know, if, if anybody in the family has a problem, she tells us the solution. And one of the things that she's recommended for my family members is amazing grass, the raw reserve, amazing grass. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And that's another green powder that has organic greens that have been freeze dried and powdered and you can put them. So you're not against the powdered stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that. As an add-on, not as an everyday. Yeah. I feel like people should learn to cook vegetables in a way that they're delicious or learn to prepare raw vegetables in a way that they're delicious. Like you, you know, apparently with kale, you massage it. You use the salad dressings to soften it up. And I haven't figured out kale yet. So go tell, tell the world how to, how to take on kale. Go for it, Alexis. I mean, well, and we're growing kale, so we're just going to have to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, especially with stuff you grow yourself, you just want to nibble it like a bunny rabbit would right out of your garden yeah, yeah, because yeah. you made it and you're like, oh my gosh, I grew this. I grew beets for the first time in my life this year and I was so excited and I wanted to, you know, I, I cooked them on the stove and broth. That's how I like to make beets. But then... I ate all the beet greens too. And I, I made a beautiful salad with the beet greens. And then I ate the cooked beets on top of the beet greens. And it was so yummy. So, you know, it's like when you do it yourself, you're really going to love it and you're going to want to eat it and you're going to appreciate it so much. But I think like if you're dealing with a family member who, who doesn't have a good diet and you're going to make them something like I was caring for my, my parents for the last five years of their lives. And, you know, with my dad, I would make him something that was like a milkshake, right? Like yeah. a genuine milkshake, raw milk, ice cream. <laughs> and then I would put like whatever I thought he needed in there. Because it was really hard to get him to eat vitamins, you know, whatever you need to do for your loved ones, for your kids, for your parents, for yourself to get the nutrition that you need, I think is fine. So and. And, and when you really get into it, you're going to end up loving these things raw <laughs> right out of the garden or cooked your favorite Well, that's way. how I started, like, with green beans. Uh, my girlfriend, when I was uh, – her name's Renee Melter, and we uh, grew up next door to each other in Holland Park, Illinois. And so we would walk to school, and we'd have to pass her garden, so we'd eat the green beans, right, raw from the garden. It's absolutely – actually, that's the only way I eat green beans is raw. Because really? it's sweeter. Yeah, because once you cook them, they're no longer tasty. So, um, but I want to say this, which um, Minister Plump, this is really important. Um, it has not been mentioned yet. So we buy food processors to process our food. And, you know, we blend it, we process whatever. And that's all good and well. But you, and juicing can be good. But when you talk about juicing, like you don't want to be drinking an eight ounce glass of pure orange juice. So if we don't have the fiber, if we're not the food processor, it will spike our sugar levels. Yeah. Okay. So you want to be the food processor. Okay. Then it doesn't mean you can't do everything that Alexis said. And I, and I do like, I actually, I add, um, uh, uh, green. I use a green powder. It's called um, Giving Greens, and I love mm -hmm. it. It's clean. It's got two pounds of of um, it, it's it's got all the prebiotics, probiotics, and two pounds of of veggies with one little scoop. But then I do add um, mango, or I'll add pineapple, or I'll mm -hmm. add um, apple, or I'll add um, I, well, we always have bananas in this household. Mm -hmm. um, and I do that because we need the fiber so that our sugar yeah. levels don't spike. Mm -hmm. And then I'll also say this, 
This is really important about the bananas. And I'm actually going to get my phone up so that I can accurately um, uh, state this because um, it's. I used to uh, work for many years with a functional medicine doctor, which is where I learned most of my knowledge. I worked with him for many, many years. And um, let me just do this. And we talked about bananas, okay? And um, this, you know, I would make, uh, and I know this is not about smoothies and drinking, but I, this is information you all need to have. So I always used to have, let my bananas go black before I made banana bread. Okay. Yeah, not a good idea. So let me read hmm. this to you. So bananas come with a couple of problems. You have to take my glasses off to read, sorry. <laughs> Um, one, they have a lot of sugar if you have direct exposure to sunlight, as in tropical regions. Not too much of a problem there. They have latex in them, so some people have an allergic reaction to latex. Um, they are usually loaded with pesticides. So, okay, let's all assume we're going organic. Mm -hmm. Here's number four. The brown spots on them are made from a chemical called tumor necrosis factor. And it's the exact same chemical compound that your spleen releases in response to stress and is very inflammatory, very, very hmm. inflammatory. So hmm. when you're consuming a banana, you don't want it going black. Hmm. Um, so, and this guy's like um, an idiot savant. I mean, like he's like, he, yeah. <laughs> so you want to trust him, but check it out for yourself if you, if you, um, if you, uh, if, if, if you want to. Um, but the point is that you want to do everything that Alexis just said, and you want to make sure the part that I want to focus in on is since your body needs to be the food processor, make sure that you, you also include those whole foods that she's talking about so you get that fiber and you're not spiking your sugar levels. Yeah. And then the other thing I want to address, um, Minister Plump, is that you said that you're on all these medications like I was. When I got off all the medications, I had five doctors that assisted me in getting off those medications. This mm -hmm. is not a thing that you can do lightly. Right. Okay. You cannot do this to your body because um, it's going to shock your body. So you want to have someone like me helping you from a nutritional standpoint and what replaces what, but then you need MDs. You need MDs that are going to understand, who understand integrative as well, that will be supportive of you getting off of them and will measure and do testing to make sure that you're okay. Because yeah. you could actually go into a, a deep depression depending upon what you're on. Truly. Yeah. So this is no laughing matter. It's very serious and you cannot take it lightly. And I'm not saying this to scare you or to stop you from what you want to do. You absolutely, if you can, I'm not recommending anything. I'm not a doctor, um, but you, you know, um, your body just responds more positively to um, real food. And it's, it's funny because we're just programmed to believe we need a pill and we don't. Mm -hmm. so we have another caller too. Great. Do you have anything to add Thank to that, you. Alexis? No, that was great. Thank you so much for calling. Good to talk with you. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Minister Plum. All right. So the You're next. Welcome. Thank uh, you. The, and, uh, and we appreciate you listening in. Really, we do. Um, and uh, then I have 
a caller 773-977. So I'm just uh, flipping one off and one on. And then go, and again, this is not an opportunity for commercials. This is, a, you. Uh, we have Alexis Baden-Meyer from the Atlanta Consumers Association. So if you wanna ask your questions, um, okay. And you are live on the air with uh, the Female Solution Self-Cell Care. And what's your name? Good morning. Good morning. So seven seven three. Good morning. This is Lois. This is Lois in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, God bless all of us and all of you. Oh, this is just so so wonderful. I think it came straight from heaven. And Brother Plunk, I know that you're taking all the medicines and what have you. Just listen to these ladies because there's your cure right there. God's brought you seventy six years. He's brought all of us this far. He's, He's not going to leave us now. And he puts in place what you need. I, there's so many things that you all talked about today that's so interesting. And uh, especially the person who spoke about the banana. Um, could you please uh, uh, elaborate a little on that banana? Because you said that it was connected somehow or other to um, the brown um, tumoration or something of the spleen. Well, so... You know, and and this came from my functional medicine doctor. Who was I, don't, I don't have a spleen, and, and I know that b bananas are really, really helpful to me as far as bowel movement. But I, I haven't had a spleen in about 45, 50 years. Mm. So the spleen releases a chemical compound called tumor necrosis. Um, or it, the, I'm sorry, the, the brown spots on the banana are made from a chemical called tumor necrosis factor. And it's the same exact chemical compound that your spleen releases in response to stress. So meaning when, so think about when we're stressed, our body's making different chemicals. So one is obviously this uh, tumor necrosis factor and, and cortisol, right? And, um, I I don't even want to assume actually because I'm small amounts of it is okay according to this is a, a channel um, small amounts of that um, chemical small amounts of that chemical in the body is okay and actually they're telling me necessary for for function but when it's um, they're sorry just channeling because it's easier at this point they're saying when it um, when we have too much stress and it spikes, then it starts to harm the body. Okay. And so, um, and I'm a medical intuitive, um, which is how I do that. So, um, so, um, hold on. I'm just listening. So it's about managing our stress levels and managing the quality of the food and the ripeness of the food, the ripeness of the food that we're putting in our body because as fruit, fruits and vegetables become more ripe, they also, their sugar content increases. And so then we're consuming more sugar than maybe that we anticipated and our body can't manage that well and spikes and puts us into, like when I used to eat foods with high sugar or like brown rice or corn syrup, things like that, I would be out cold, like knocked out cold. So 
it's understanding that it's not only um, the quality of your food, meaning organic or responsibly produced, okay? Um, it's not only the fact, um, it's also it needs to be eaten at a time where it's healthy to eat it. So in the case of a banana, you don't want to be eating black bananas or using those black bananas to make banana cake or it put them in a smoothie either. So be careful about that. Does that make sense? Did I answer that okay? Yes, you did. Thank you very, very much. And God bless all of you. This is Lois in Chicago. Thank you, Lois. Um, how did you hear of the show? Because I don't think I we've met. Well, we've been on I've been on the show with fifteen, twenty years. So you've been watching Naima oh, Latif no. and Zelda and everybody else. Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, for for years, and Brother Plunk, he's always been there on the scene too. Everybody's there, and you're here. And I just want to thank you again, you know, because this is what we need. And I find that elderly people, as myself and and others, the problem that they have hasn't really been addressed most of the elderly are having problems with food whether it comes to a tube or whether it comes to their home or what have you most of the elderly are unable to get up and, and prepare their own meals and sometimes they might have someone to help them and sometimes they don't and really you know when you become a certain age it's just certain things that you feel you you know you shouldn't have to do and so the services that are needed to help the elderly, I feel that if, for example, this tube feeding, uh, Minister Plump uh, brought up, if there's some vegetables or something that people can receive from a company, let's say that the bananas and the, uh, all the fruits and everything is already grown before them, if that's the place that they could order something like that or you know, something can be delivered to their home. Do we have any establishments like that? In yeah, we do. Now? Matter of fact, reach out to me. Set up a free consultation. Um, you can reach out to me. Um, let me just see here. So it's, um, you can email me. You can go to my website, which is, you know, Susan Essentials, www.susanessentials.com. Um, and it's S-U-S-O-N. I'm sorry. Could you spell that for me, please? Yeah. So S is in Sam, U is in unicorn, S is in Sam, O is in Oscar, N is in Nancy, and then Essentials. And um, we're in Kennesaw, Georgia. So that's how you'll know that you you found me. Um, and the phone number is eight four seven seven three eight zero two four two. And um, there are. Um, a lot of ways, but I want to just make something really, really clear um, about eating powdered down fruits and vegetables. Great idea, but you got to rotate your food. So if you're like consuming um, something like a Juice Plus, which is, you know, touted as being really fantastic and you have trauma, well, and you're taking it every single day, guess what? Now your body's starting to see that fruit and vegetables, the 150 different fruits and vegetables as a predator to your body. And so people need to better understand since we've been under so much trauma over the last few years that, and that's based on traditional Chinese medicine. So you probably are aware of this, Alexis, 
So we have to, if you want to take Juice Plus, awesome, right? But you can't take it every day. You have to give your body a break, or I don't want to say a break because cancel, cancel. Uh, you want to uh, rotate your foods, pause on this eating the same food every single day. Rotating your foods are critical. See, I don't know much about farming, but I know how to consume. <laughs> I know, I I know what it does, and I know how to how to properly uh, support. Um, does that oh, answer your question? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's just a blessing to be here today and to to hear all of this good news. You said good news. <laughs> it's coming straight from the Blog Talk Radio Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for calling. Uh, we have another caller as well, so we can just. So the next one is seven four seven three four eight, and I wanted to just make sure I get in this these two announcements. Number one, um, the, Dr. J. R. Heis, who's a traditional Chinese medicine out of Chicago, and uh, Chris Vedula out of Arizona, who um, uh, is actually you know um, participating in the show uh, via the chat today. Um, we're doing a series on natural health solutions. And it's going to be, the first one is October 27th and there's a different topic and it's not, you know, like I, I, we're focusing on all the natural health solutions and it's a one hour um, broadcast. Um, and we'll, uh, I think it's like um, eight o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Pacific time and um, seven o'clock central time PM. And the first topic, the first month will be on pain. The second month will be stress. And the third month will uh, be on sleep. And then, you know, we'll figure out the next three after that. But we're giving you natural, and I mean all different natural health solutions, not just like essential oils, not just food, not just acupuncture, not just, you know, like whatever it is. There's so many different ways to let your body reclaim its health. And you have, you're going to have three experts on, on um, that will provide solutions and, you know, like that. And so you can uh, look forward to that. Secondly, um, we have a good friend of ours. His name is Michael Murphy Burke. Uh, he's been on this show. His name is Dr. Sound. And he would go into all the different um, assisted living facilities. And he would um, play his sound instruments. And he got very ill. I think he got ex exposed to certain things. Um, unnamed. Mm. So, um, so he got very ill and today at church, I, um, with some other friends of mine, we are leading, um, a, a divine intervention, spontaneous remission session for him live stream as well. So if you're in the Georgia area, please, um, come to unity North and I'll, um, uh, I'll post that, uh, in a minute. Um, it's unity North tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And if you can't be in Georgia because you're in another state, you can live stream and hold space for prayer and good healing energy for our friend, uh, Michael Murphy Burke, Dr. Sound. So those are my two announcements. And then we've got more people calling. Crap, the board is lit up. <laughs> okay, so 747-348, we're gonna call you, um, um, pull up your number next. So if you had a, a question for Alexis uh, Baden-Meyer from the organic political director from the Organic Consumers Association, here we go. And we are. Good morning. Good morning. And who's calling? 
My name is Laurel, calling from Chicago. Hi, Laurel. Nice. My mother just, my mom just as low as she, she just told me to cook. I just got in, so I had a, three quick questions. Number one, uh, first, I thank you for this show. It's awesome. I want my first question is go more into what a medical intuitive is if you have time. And then you talked about taking a break from certain foods. Do you also suggest, and I know. I know people say, okay, I'm not a doctor, but do you suggest that for people who have been long-term on medication as well, like every blue moon to take a break? Uh, I've been on things off and on for years, like steroids and stuff because of necessity, and I've tried a lot of modalities, but do you recommend breaks in medicine also? And then uh, about the Michael Murphy thing with him getting ill by helping people, are you saying that he picked up something from the bad energies there or something that he picked up from being, from giving in a toxic environment and he got sick. And I guess that's all. Okay. So I, I can't say online what he picked up. So, well, um, yes, sorry, we would get kicked off. So, um, sure. And relative to, I can't tell you <clears throat> ever to get off a of medication, but what I can tell you is that there is something in nature for every single medication, especially things like antibiotics and prednisone and um, things like that. And what it does is it <clears throat> puts in little holes in your, in, your, um, in your intestinal tract. So that causes massive inflammation. So it becomes a, um, uh, a vicious circle of inflammation. Um, Alexis, do you want to add to that? <coughs> I don't think I have the expertise to add to that. Okay. That's okay. Um, as far as being a medical intuitive, um, I will, um, I'm going to put information in the thread on, uh, on the, on this show, but what I will tell you is a medical intuitive. Um, I'll give you the short story. So I was uh, very, very ill. Um, I was on tons of medications for, for deck for two decades. Um, and, we are all naturally able to access uh, a higher power source energy. We do that <clears throat> by um, one, treating our body as a temple. Um, people like Alexis Bademeyer make that possible for us because she, she fights for our right to have clean food and food that's free of toxins and synthetics. So when you are able to do that, and don't get me wrong, you can do it anyway, but it's so much easier when you have, um, you know, when you're not putting synthetics in your body. Um, I had been uh, channeling information since I was a child, but I just thought it was normal. <laughs> you know, I just didn't understand it. But um, the point is that because of all the different health concerns I had, um, my, and I think that's due in part, but enable, and my ability to reverse all those conditions using food as medicine, it allowed my body to, and my, my spiritual body, to become a finely, a finely tuned antenna. And so I'm a walking antenna and I can hear from source energy. And for me, that's Jesus Christ. Um, and I can feel what's going on in somebody's, someone's body and I can tell what's going on, where it's going on and what the root cause is. 
And then sometimes it's my charge to help use the um, source energy to help the body heal itself. And sometimes I refer it out. Like just the other day, my girlfriend called in and um, I referred her to somebody in the Chicagoland area um, because it was it was not for me to do. Um, there are things for me to do and, and, and I'm not, you know, I stay in my lane. Um, and she's a big believer in what I do, but it, it just wasn't for me. So I guess I just want to say that, you know, just because you believe doesn't mean it's the right fit. Um, so does that answer your question about what a medical intuitive is? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. It's the best I could mm -hmm. do. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something I'm still learning, but I will tell you that, um, I, people don't come to me unless at, at this point in my, in my life, the people that come to me are here for a few reasons. One, they're making huge contributions to my to my knowledge base. Thank you, Alexis Baden Meyer from the you know Organic Consumers Association. Or I'm here to help them uh, broaden their you know their their wisdom, um, or help them heal. It's usually those three things um, at this point in time. Don't get me wrong; I still get my lessons. But you know, they're not—they're not as grand. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, so if you like, you know, I do offer free consultations, and so we're, you know, you can dial, you can uh, text me at eight four seven seven three eight zero two four two, and and we can support getting people, um, you know, answering those questions for the free consult and see if there's a. Um, a good way to support you or if I need to refer you to somebody else. So like that. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. Always. All right. So, uh, and I, 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 we have another, uh, caller. Crap. I don't know. Did we take, I think, I think we took them all. <laughs> so the board is on fire. <clears throat> so, Let's go back um, to, um, we were talking about drinking food. Is there anything else you want to add to that as far as, okay. And what else, so we were talking about today, the bees and how it's important to support those bees and, and how the bees are supporting our food supply, right? Um, and without them, you know, we don't have food and that there's, you know, another energy out there that's trying to circumvent us having real food and you you are really leading the way right you are leading the way what is it that we can do to support you alexis in getting what you need to support us like what's what's our next steps well get involved in the organic consumers association we have a lot of opportunities to take action a lot of opportunities to to learn about an issue enough to inform policymakers um, getting involved in local politics, getting involved in your community in positive ways to bring healthy food to your community. So there are a lot of levels under which you can get involved and we have lots of ideas for that <laughs> to share with you all the time. So, so I put in the, the comments, um, hold on a second, I'm typing this up for you. Hold on. Um, I put in the comments, um, how to get in touch with you. 
let me just see if I, yeah. So if you just want to go to the link, you can click that, right? And then we also have it displayed here on, on the show. You know, the organic consumer, um, I want to show people how much information that you have on this site. Um, so, and then you can donate, okay, to the Organic Consumers Association. Um, you know, even as a, if it's a buck, do that. Um, you know, um, and you can go to their Facebook page, the Organic Consumers Association, and you can share their information. You know, if you can't donate, everyone's in a different spot. You can share their information with your friends and your family. That's the greatest gift because maybe some of them can donate and and support. And are there? Um, so I just let me uh, go here. So for instance, it's you know this is a, a recent article this year how the pesticide industry tried to stop a bill to protect bees in Maryland. You know. Um, and there's, there's so much, um, information, um, real farms, not fake food, millions against Monsanto, uh, planting peace, a myth of natural, uh, and then this is a big one. And I'm not as, I mean, I'm not as well versed on this, um, but care what you wear and, but I am going to tell a short story and then I want you to go into this, Alexis. So um, I had bought pajamas that were sprayed with all these chemicals and I was breaking out in hives and bleeding all over the place. You want to talk about how this is impacting other people? Oh, wow. That's, that's a horrible example, but yeah, that's for real. Um, yeah. The, the garment industry is very much like the food industry. It's a place where the chemical companies have seen an opportunity to sell their products. Even, you know, even and especially for children, for all the flame retardant pajamas out there. Yeah, it's just, it's just horrible. And we were talking before about how this is an industry that is opposed to human life opposed to the lives of their workers, opposed to the lives of the people who live in the communities around where these products are made. It's a polluting industry. And sadly, we've, the global culture has developed this 90 seconds. For, for fast fashion. <laughs> I guess that word came from fast food. But, but you know, you can order anything you want anytime from, from places like Amazon, or companies like Shine, um, they, they're producing millions of different products and the consumer demand is insatiable. So if, if this is an addiction of yours, <laughs> like it is for so many of us, um, think about it a little bit. Think about how long you wear a garment before you throw it away or donate it. But there's, there are too many garments in circulation right now. You know, certainly there is a thriving thrift store industry, and it's, it's certainly much, much, much better to buy your clothes used than to buy your clothes, you know, fresh from the factory. So I certainly support that. And it's fashionable as well. My, my teenager who just started college and all of her friends, they, they only shop at thrift stores and they, you know, they're, that's what's fashionable. 
for them, which is a really good development. I think it's they're rejecting fast fashion and this overconsumption of the world's resources and to second. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, you wouldn't know this, uh, and most people don't. <clears throat> My mother had a store, a bridal store, all designer samples resale. Oh, how cool. Mm -hmm. That's a neat. I, I haven't come across a store like that, but what a great thing to do. Yeah. It was her concept, and then it went wow. wildfire. So the people she trained, of course, opened up their own stores. Um, mm -hmm. But the she uh, she got all designer samples, mother. So you could have a worn once dress. You could have a designer sample that was at the store, and then they gave all their sample dresses to my mom. And uh, and so she, there, it was twofold, right? One, use and reuse. I buy a lot from thrift stores. You know, I buy a lot from thrift. I just First of all, I don't feel the need to spend that kind of money. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's occasional that I buy some new stuff, you know, and certainly my underwear, right? <laughs> so, um, but but we not only are we saving the planet, but the, I mean, <clears throat> you don't need to be spending all this money. And I will tell you, I was the one doing that. I could have bought two houses with the amount of clothing that I had. And, and that's a funny thing. Um, I was, um, oh, and Deborah is saying she washes her clothes now before she wears them, right? Good idea. But try going to a thrift stop, shop. It's actually usually made with better materials anyway. So um, the point is that um, we don't need to be spending our money on that. Um, there's bigger fish to fry. And, you know, um, and and it's not good for the planet. Uh, we, I donate all my clothes that I, after I've worn them, I donate them. And, um, uh, and I, I went, I shifted the mindset from, I have to have a new outfit all the time to, this is my favorite color. So if I wear it every day, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, Yeah, definitely. what do you do? I end up buying a lot of my clothes at the grocery store. Talk to me <laughs> about Foods, that. At Whole Foods or at Mom's Organic Market, um, just because I'm not planning ahead. But when I plan ahead, or actually the, the other place I love being able to get stuff, they don't always have clothes, is 10,000 Villages. My favorite dress that I got recently, and I, I wore it until it was ripped, right? I wore it until you couldn't give it away because it, it was just shredded um but it came from Ten Thousand villages it was fair trade and organic and it was beautifully designed a really simple dress that i could wear for you know important work occasions like lobbying on capitol hill mm -hmm. and um yeah it was it was awesome it's not always easy to find fair trade and organic work clothes um over the years that's what i've been shopping for the most because you know obviously at home um, you can wear what any anything doesn't. I don't. I'm not a fashionista. I don't need to buy clothes for for special occasions or whatever. I just yeah, you know wear here. simple things. Um, but work clothes, it's really challenging to to find fair trade organic stuff. There's a a company called Fair Indigo. 
these i have a dress that i haven't destroyed yet <laughs> that i bought from them that was a really really thick jersey cotton um stretchy but yeah so it's yeah it, you just have to i mean i guess there's also oh, i'm blanking on the name but there's a, a brand name designer of clothes where she uses uh silk and linen and organic cotton um and that's a little you know it's pricey but i barely ever buy anything and and when i do like you know that fair trade organic dress that i love so much that came from Ten Thousand villages i think it was about a hundred dollars which seems like you know i had to really like you know, that, that was expensive for me. That was outside of my budget, but I bought it and I wore it constantly. You know, that I guess the nice thing about, you know, I don't think people should like worry about dressing up for the office. Like certainly like if you have to go present at an occasion or go to an important work meeting, you know, you can wear the same thing over again. If you're going to see somebody you haven't met with before, like who cares if, you know, they're not going to notice. They don't. They won't know that you wore this to your last important meeting. And, and it, it just doesn't matter. There, um, you know, you could just wear black all the time if you want, right? And yeah, then, that's a strategy of mine as well. I I love. <laughs> that's what I've always worn is is black clothing. Yeah, just like wear nondescript stuff. That just wear something in, that flatters your figure, but isn't very flashy, and people aren't going to remember. And then you can wear the same thing over again. <laughs> Well, that's so my and, and, and and that's really you know that's that's the ticket. So if you can go keep it simple, I always use a kiss method. Um, the dress that I'm wearing right now is probably about seven years old, um, but I um, and it is actually responsibly produced. Um, but you know, even so, this is not the norm for me. I'm usually wearing solid col col colors, either green olive greens and browns, blacks and creams. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Find a color that looks good on you and a shape that works and make it your uniform, you know, and you don't have to buy, like we really only need clothes to wear for